from the Michigan Palace in 1974. And I'll tell you something, nobody, no city has ever treated us better than Detroit! Detroit, you opened your arms and you opened your legs to us. of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad, so I'm back to another real-time episode, but first let's go back in time to September 11th, 2020. I was supposed to see the Kiss Into the Road tour at the DTE Energy Music Theater in Clarkston, Michigan. Of course, that was postponed due to COVID, and... The new date was just under a year from then, September 1st, 2021, and consequently, that show was also postponed due to COVID, but not just generally, but due to both Paul and Gene, maybe specifically for this date, Gene, because I think Paul was, was better at that point in time, but the show got postponed due to their internal COVID issues. And the new date, October 15th, 2021. So, (laughs) generally, DTE Energy Music Theater closes kind of after the Labor Day holiday, maybe a week later, which, you know, going back to the original date was supposed to be September 11th. And, but to move a show back into October, which this was actually going to be the last show at that venue for the season, and big time risk. I mean, we are in Michigan and the middle of October. I mean, the middle or late September, you you have no idea what the weather might be like. So total risk in, in doing an outdoor show at that time. And in addition to that, I mean, they postponed Pittsburgh, uh, Chicago, Dayton was actually indoors, so they didn't have to deal with it. But Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Detroit, and pushing those shows back to to October, outdoor venues, not a not a great idea. So this episode is going to revolve around the Kiss Into the Road tour show. I did see two days ago, October fifteenth, twenty twenty one, at the DTE Energy Music Theater, Clarkston, Michigan. So. Leading up to the show, about a week ahead, looking at the forecast, uh, mid-50s and rain, <laughs> so perfect and not surprised at all, and I'll get into the weather a little bit more uh, when I get there. But So I hadn't seen KISS since February of 2020 in Fort Wayne. Shout out to Bill Elam, who I met at that Fort Wayne show. So again, I hadn't seen him since then so roughly 18 months and i mean i was i was excited i was looking forward to it and they didn't disappoint so getting into the set list detroit rock city shout it out loud deuce war machine heavens on fire i love it loud lick it up calling dr love Say Yeah, Cold Gin, Tears Are Falling, Psycho Circus, just a partial, kind of right up to that uh, breakdown, 100,000 Years, again a partial, really just the uh, kind of breakdown at the end of that song, God of Thunder, Love Gun, I Was Made for Loving You, and close the regular set with Black Diamond. Encores, Beth, Do You Love Me? and rock and roll all night. So the breakdown, so four songs off of the debut, zero songs off of Hotter Than Hell, one song off of Dress to Kill, five songs off of Destroyer, one song off of Rock and Roll Over, 
one song off of Love Gun, zero songs from the solo albums, one song from Dynasty, zero songs from Unmasked and music from The Elder, two songs from Creatures of the Night, one song from each of the next three, Lick It Up, Animalize, and Asylum, zero songs from Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Carnival of Souls, one song from Psycho Circus, one song from Sonic Boom, and zero songs from Monster. So since this podcast started, I have not seen them and done a show in real time, so I'd like to comment on the set list a little bit, but the show in general, you know, I've been hearing some different things about the energy level not being great. I, I, I actually thought the energy was pretty good. You know, the weather was <laughs> was pretty shitty, and but it did stop raining um, by the time the show started. Of course, the pavilion's covered, which is where I was. I was actually just behind the, the soundboard and just behind the, the mini stage where where Paul comes out to and you know what maybe the energy level was good because it was a Friday night and it was Detroit and as we all know Kiss has a uh, uh, interesting relationship with the city of Detroit so you know highlights out of that set you know I thought um, calling Dr. Love was really good and you know again shocked that that was not in the set list on this tour originally started back in 2019 and tears are falling i i thought tears are falling was really good you know maybe those two songs stand out to me because they uh, aren't played all the time but i don't know i mean tears are falling again that that intro riff to tears are falling you know it's on the album i think it's just those two uh measures i guess you would say and i think they added another measure i don't know if that was um at every show they were doing that or if somebody was having issues and they had to extend it out. Um, i not positive, but anyway, thought it sounded uh, fantastic. And, and no, Tommy doesn't do the solo um, exactly the way that it's supposed to be, but you know what? That's okay. Bruce Kulik, during his time in the band, he never did the ace um, solos exactly. He kind of put his own stamp on it, so I think that is... Uh, fine with me so stage wise so yeah i get it you know they've been doing less of those pods you know that are above the stage since after the first uh north american leg and i get it with regards to the sheds that they're playing a lot of the stages aren't big enough to to house the the main full production that they had but i find it kind of interesting on their facebook page you know leading up to each of these shows, you know, it's a teaser and, you know, it'll say, hey, so-and-so city, we're ready. And, you know, they'll show pics or there'll even be a little vid- video montage. But the problem is, is that they're showing the full production. And, I, you know, is it, uh, maybe this is a stretch, but is it a little bit of false advertising when they do that? You know, some, some might say that, you know, the number of pods doesn't really matter and, you know, I actually, I think it does. I've seen this tour now six times, and I saw that first leg three times with the full production, and I mean, it was way more impressive. So again, maybe it's cost-cutting that they're doing. It, to me, again, it makes sense that they cut back on them in the, in the sheds just due to, due to space issues, but I know they're also playing some arenas on this uh, on this leg and they were playing arenas overseas and they were playing outdoor festival type shows overseas not sure if they'd been able to fit the full production in those at that time but i i think it's a i think it's a a big deal and i think it's a different show now on this show and on this leg of this tour i think they compensated for having less pods and they put those whatever they call those mobile you know black spotlights you know where where the uh normal stage amps would be you know along the sides of the drum set and that added a ton i thought i thought that was a great idea wish they would have done that on the previous two shows of this tour that i saw where again they had kind of the limited limited staging and and 
it uh, it was impressive uh, production, and that addition uh, I think helped a lot. A couple specific things on the on the show again, you know, and people have commented on this as well. I mean, Paul just needs to stop with the stage banter and you know trying to sing the titles of the next songs or singing whatever that he's that he's trying to do it's rough it doesn't sound good and it just it's it's cringeworthy um to be honest with you and the fact that he mentioned the rock and roll hall of fame again they got inducted in 2014 seven years ago (laughs) and his comment you know since they'd been there last you're looking at a band in the rock and roll hall of fame so Okay, two different things here. If he was talking about being in Detroit last, that's not accurate because they were there in February of 2019. And even if he was talking about DTE Energy Music Theater specific, that's not accurate because they were there after, in 2014, after they had been inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So just stop <laughs> with that. That's That uh, bit is is old, move on, move on to something else. And then I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Eric's playing two tracks and Paul's got vocal help. And anybody that says that he's not getting some vocal help is in denial. And it's, it's obvious. To be honest with you, I don't care. He doesn't owe me anything. I saw them and what I'm going to say is his vocal prime on the Hot in the Shade tour and the Revenge tour. And if the fact that he was giving 110% during those shows and now it's lacking later on in his career, so be it. I don't care. I don't care about that. Again, he, he is singing some. It's not like he's he's lip-syncing the entire show. But honestly, and again, I'm not in the industry. I'm not a musician at all. I'd be curious how, how they're actually pulling this off and making it relatively seamless. And, you know, the technology is obviously there, but I mean, is it something that Paul is controlling or I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to speak on it, but I'd be curious to see how he's doing it or how they're doing it in general. And again, to be honest, how many other bands are doing this? I, I bet it's more than I bet it's more than you think. A couple of other comments um, during the show. Again, I, I think there was a really cool smoke effect um, during the drum solo. I thought I thought that all looked great. Again, this show is just a choreographed machine. Um, everything is uh, is to the to the minute, which brings me to. My seats were behind the soundboard, like I told you, and by the stage where Paul came, which, again, that was awesome when he came out um, for those for those two songs, Love Gun and I Was Made for Loving You. But I'll tell you what, looking at the soundboard, and it's funny, you know, there's a time, there's a screen that's just got the duration of the show running, okay? And it's like, okay, that's interesting. And then... To be honest with you, there looked like there was a, quite a bit of sound equipment sitting there, and the sound guy looked about as bored <laughs> as you could be. I don't know what he was even doing. So again, talking about choreographed show, it's as though this guy just hits play and everything runs through and, and whatever effects and different things that they're using, it's just all timed down to the second. So doing the medley, like I kind of mentioned when I went through the set list of Psycho Circus and 100,000 Years, was such a good idea. I mean, again, so now 100,000 Years is not dragging on for 10 minutes, and they're just doing the um, flame breakdown part, which I'll talk about more in a second. In Psycho Circus, you know, they played that, and they kind of stopped right before the breakdown and the solo, which is a good idea. So they basically cut two songs out or two and a half songs out and, and brought it down to one, which some people might say, hey, add another song in when you do that. But again, great idea, helped the flow of the show a lot. And one other thing I noticed was during um, the 
the, the blood spitting. So Gene gets up on that pod, and I know he's got that safety thing behind him, but to me, it, and maybe it was just the angle that I was, <laughs> I was at, but it almost looked like he was kind of sitting <laughs> on that thing, which I guess I can, I can understand why if they can give him a, a break, you know, at that time. I mean, he just, he just looked kind of crouched down a little bit and, and sitting there, which again is uh, um, really showing their ages. Maybe he wasn't sitting, but to me, it looked like he was, he was sitting. But overall, I had a blast. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about my uh, my pre-gaming and song selections and all that during the Slam Fest tip of the week. But I enjoyed myself, had a great time, and glad that I finally got to see them again. Will this be the last time? So I did mention that I wanted to talk a little bit more about the set list. And I know a lot of people have talked about set lists and all that type of stuff, but Hopefully I can bring something a little bit different uh, to this conversation. So when this tour got announced, questions about the set list and what they were going to play came up. And and the main theme, and again, Paul was really waving the flag for this, was we are going to play the hits. We're going to play the songs that people know. We're not going to play deep cuts. Deep cuts are deep cuts for a reason because they're not as good and blah, blah, blah. Right? That was the whole narrative with all of that. But let's <laughs> take a step back and think about this a little bit more. Kiss is not ACDC. They're not Aerosmith. They're not Bon Jovi, Journey, Motley Crue, Queen, Rush, or Van Halen. Again, just to name a few. They don't have hits like those bands have hits, okay? Turn on the radio and you hear multiple, multiple, multiple songs from all those bands that I just mentioned, okay? So, you know, casual fans listening to radio, classic rock radio, all that stuff, they're going to hear songs by all those bands all day long, and again, you might get a song or two from Kiss, Rock and Roll All Night, Detroit Rock City, that type of stuff. You're not going to get much more from them, okay? So when he talks about hits, I, I don't really know what he's talking about. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. But if he's talking about concert pieces and different things that they did back in the 70s and and he's trying to call those things hits okay i i guess i get that but anyway i'll get into that a little bit more but so let's compare kiss to alice cooper okay so similar charting kiss has sold more albums than alice cooper but hits are similar even though i think cooper gets more radio airplay than kiss does and Cooper, when he puts together his set list, you know, he plays the core songs, but he mixes in other things, kind of from tour to tour to tour, which people love. Alice Cooper fans love it that he does that. He mixed that stuff up a little bit. So back to some of Paul's comments, right? So deep cuts. He's like, the majority of the people that come to see the show want to see the songs that are best known. The classic songs, as Paul says. And then you also, you got to love how Paul only mentions songs he sings or, or wrote when responding to the set list related questions. He's like, what are we supposed to drop? Detroit Rock City, Love Gun, Shout It Out Loud, Rock and Roll Night, God of Thunder. And then he, he mentions Firehouse in there and they're not even playing that on this tour. Paul, no one is saying take those songs out. Okay, it's the same, same discussion that I had a couple weeks ago talking about the Ace Fraley set list and his drummer Matt Starr coming out and saying, you know, we've got to play this and this and this. Yeah, you do. You do. And, you know, talking about Kiss specifically, but what about the other 15 songs in the set list? Because the songs are on a live or double platinum, that doesn't make them hits. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. I mean, a live was a hit album, but it wasn't an album full of hits. 
And to be honest, I'm really not a fan of Double Platinum. Personally, I think it was a lost opportunity. But again, we'll leave that to another episode at that time. But, you know, looking at Double Platinum, it's got 21 songs on it. <laughs> Out of that 21, five of them charted. And they didn't include three charting songs on that collection. Anyway, I'll, I'll get into that in a, in, a, in a separate episode down the line. So if Paul wants to talk about hits, okay, so again, your definition of hit, I think that that is a charting song, and I think it's a song that more of the casual fan would know due to radio airplay or videos being played on MTV at the time. So looking at the current set list that they are playing, the 20 songs, there are eight songs that charted. Shout It Out Loud, number 31. Heaven's on Fire, number 49. I Love It Loud, 102. Calling Dr. Love, 16. Tears Are Falling, 51. I Was Made for Loving You, 11. Beth, 7. And Rock and Roll All Night, number 68, studio version, and the live version charted at number 12. Okay, so you've got 12 <laughs> songs in that set list that did not chart. If you look at some of those other bands that I mentioned and their set lists and the number of hits, charting hits that are included in those set lists, I think you'll be shocked. It's more than, definitely more than half. And in Kiss's case, it's it's under half. So looking at the set list, this is what I would have done. So again, kept it at the 20 songs, so I'm not uh, living in fantasy land here. So this is the way I would have laid out this set list. And again, it's fine that there are not charting songs in the set list. Again, there are some staples, concert live staples, concert pieces that, you know, that have to be there. But this is what I would have done with this set list. So I would have kicked off with I Stole Your Love. Again, didn't chart, but to me was the best opener the band has ever had. And it opened up the shows during their peak, Love Gun, Alive 2 tours. And then I would say the best non-makeup tour also, which was the Hot in the Shade tour. So it opened up both of those tours. I would keep Shout Out Loud in there, and I would keep Deuce in there. Again, Deuce, not a charting song, but not even a single, but, you know, it's a concert piece, concert staple. So War Machine, I'd get rid of, and I know my, my son would be screaming. No! That's one of his favorite songs uh, by the band. But I would insert Christine 16 in here, which charted at number 25. I would leave Heavens on Fire in. I would leave, I guess I would leave I Love It Loud in there. I, you know, I can't really think of anything else hit-wise to replace it with. And, you know, calling it a hit, I mean, it was outside the top 100. Um, but anyway, we'll leave it in there. Leave in Lick It Up. Leave in Calling Dr. Love. And then you get to Say Yeah, which is the only song off of the last two albums, which include the current lineup in the band. I get it. I see why they want to have that song in there, but I think they should have done something different. And actually, Sonny Pooney, who I had on episode 58, when we were talking about one of the original Farewell Tour shows, Sonny brought up a great idea at that time of kind of doing a, you know, a, an acoustic uh, spotlight with Paul doing I Still Love You uh, Forever, you know, that type of thing. So I'm going to piggyback on that idea and have them have him do that on this show and play Hard Luck Woman, which charted at 15, Shandy, which charted at 47, and Forever, which charted at number 8. And again, it doesn't have to be the full songs. You know, it could be a verse, chorus, kind of a medley of those somewhat acoustic uh, hits that they had. I thought that would be pretty cool there. And then I would replace Cold Gin, here with Sure Know Something, which charted at number 47. I would leave Tears Are Falling in there. I would replace Psycho Circus with Hide Your Heart, which 
charted at number 66. I, I will be honest, I saw them do Hide Your Heart early on in the in into the road tour, and it it didn't really come across great. I think they just need to rework that a little bit or or speed it up because it came across great on the Hot in the Shade tour. And you know, I think uh, if they just kind of change that around a little bit, I think that would be good. I would get rid of the hundred thousand years again. It was just that partial part, the breakdown with the the flames and all that stuff. They can put that into a different song. And I would put New York Groove in here, chart number 13. And again, send your hate mail, slamfestpodcast at gmail.com. But it was a hit, and I think they should do it. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even an ace-written song. So, you know, everybody just relax. I think they could pull it off, and I think Tommy would do a great job singing it. I'd leave God of Thunder, again, concert staple. Uh, leave Love Gun, I Was Made for Loving You, but then I'd close the regular set with Detroit Rock City. And again, Detroit Rock City's in there. It didn't chart. I think it was released as a single, but didn't chart. And that's how I would close out the regular set. And then Encore, I'd leave Beth where it's at. And then I would replace Do You Love Me with Crazy Crazy Nights, which charted at number 65. And I know they were doing this earlier on in the tour. And I think they should bring that back. I think that's a better live song than Do You Love Me. And then I would leave Rock and Roll All Night in there to close out the show. So just to repeat, this is what my set list would look like, including some more hits. I Stole Your Love, Shout It Out Loud, Deuce, Christine 16, Heaven's On Fire, I Love It Loud, Lick It Up, Calling Dr. Love, a acoustic medley, hard luck woman, shandy and forever, sure know something, tears are falling, hide your heart, New York groove, god of thunder, love gun, I was made for loving you, Detroit Rock City, and then the encore, Beth, crazy crazy nights, and rock and roll all night. So, you know, there's a couple other Songs that charted, A World Without Heroes, number 47, Reason to Live, number 64, and Let's Put the X in Sex, 97. I don't think any of those would fit very well into the set list. So just a couple additional things to mention about the set list and, and the crowd and the kind of the makeup of, no pun intended the makeup of the crowd at these shows. So I've heard some people talking about that they think that the majority of the fans that are going to these shows are, are diehards, and I disagree 100%. As a diehard fan, which I am, we are in the minority on this tour. There are a lot of diehard fans that have boycotted these shows. Previous shows with Tommy and Eric, they... they disagree completely with how they're uh, dealing with the makeup and all that stuff and so that's happening and if it's not because of that it's because Paul is using tracks and people are saying that we're not going to that because that's not what we want to see and again let me be clear again I don't care <laughs> about the tracks and I don't care about the help he is or is not getting and then earlier on in the tour, he didn't do it at this show a couple nights ago, but it, I can't remember even after what song or before this whatever song, but he would ask the crowd how many people have seen Kiss before and then how many haven't seen Kiss before. And when I was at the shows where he asked those questions, and he even did that on, on some previous tours, um previous to the end of the road tour but the number of hands and and people yelling that went up when he asked how many hadn't seen kiss before it was shocking so like i said at this point in their career they are catering to the casual fan at this point which brings me to my last point on this the casual fans aren't there to hear the music. They just aren't. It, I mean, you can say what you want, but they are not there to hear the music. They are listening with their eyes, 
they are there for the show that they've heard about or, you know, remembered seeing a long time ago and are coming back, but again, aren't diehard fans. So I mentioned the concert pieces, right? The 100,000 Years, the uh, obviously Firehouse, normally with the fire breathing, uh, God of Thunder with the blood spinning, you know, some of the other effects and all that type of stuff. The songs that are played before or after those effects don't matter to the masses. It doesn't matter to the casual fan what song the blood spitting happens before. It doesn't matter what song the fire breathing happens after. It doesn't matter what song the drum solo happens during or after. It doesn't matter what song the guitar solo happens during or after. It's, it doesn't matter which songs the pyro happens during. It doesn't matter what songs that showcase the lifts. All that stuff does not matter to the casual fans. So going in there and mixing some of that stuff up a little bit and not being stuck to what they had done in the 70s, I think is a no-brainer. And, you know, going back to the tracks just briefly, take advantage of the fact that there are tracks and do some of these other songs. I mean, plus you've got Tommy and Eric now and they can play anything again sounds similar to ace fraley's solo band they can play anything just just to have to make the decision to do it so now onto the band on the bill spotlight and i'm actually going to do i don't normally do kind of you know recent stuff or things that are about to come out but timing was right with this so KISS recently announced Destroyer's 45th anniversary packages. And again, they've never done anything to this extent. And I'm glad that they are. And my guess is they'll start to do this more. But they had to start with what is their best album, in my opinion. So they got a few different um, packages here. Two CD thing, a two LP thing. And then there's a um, four... CD Deluxe version, which I actually ordered. And again, I haven't been shy about this. My my favorite uh, album by them is Destroyer, so this was a no-brainer for me. So I pre-ordered it. It's going to ship the week of November 19th. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about what's going to be on there and what my thoughts are on it. So it's got four CDs. Um, there's a 68-page hardcover book with uh, photos and liner notes and all that stuff. So again, 73 total tracks. So the advertisement on KISS Online talks about there being 48 unreleased tracks on this thing, but (laughs) a little bit confused because when you count them up on disc two, disc three, and then disc four, you get to 36, so I'm not sure, even if they're talking about the the Blu-ray, you know, version of the album, or even the remastered album, I, I don't know how you get to, I don't know how you get to 48. And then there's a whole bunch of exclusive collectibles, uh, replicas of different things, all kind of related around Destroyer and the Spirit of 76 tour and all that all that stuff so anyway looking forward to um, getting that so disc one is just the remastered album again I'm not sure what uh, what tweaks they're going to be making on that exactly but anyway uh, that's disc one disc two is is really kind of the demo disc so it's got some different uh, uh, demos of different songs on it some songs that ended up making the album and and some songs that obviously did not so you know looking at this i mean you've got don't you hesitate god of thunder bad bad lovin and mad dog those are all demos that were actually on the box set that was released in the early 2000s so those are not previously unreleased you've got it's the fire which uh, is a Paul Stanley demo, which I I believe is another name for the demo that's been floating around called Smoke. Detroit Rock City demo in there. Love is All Right, Paul Stanley demo is in there. And then they've got a couple of songs on disc two, Burning Up With Fever, 
which there's actually two versions of that song on the vault. Now, whether or not this is a different version, it could be. Same thing with True Confessions, two versions on the vault. And what's odd too is I don't know why True Confessions on here doesn't have an asterisk saying that it's unreleased when Burning Up With Fever does. So anyway, some inconsistencies here and not sure why that is. And Man of a Thousand Faces, there's two versions of that on the vault. So maybe this is a different version. And similar to True Confessions, I don't know why it doesn't have an asterisk by it if it is different because that would mean that it's unreleased. So anyway, some inconsistencies with this. And again, I know that can happen when you've got all these versions kind of floating around, but it's a little bit, uh, a little bit confusing. I Don't Want No Romance. Surprised that's not on the vault. Rock and Roll's Royce. Another Gene Simmons demo. Not sure why that wasn't on the vault either. And then Night Boy and Star, both are Gene Simmons demos, which, again, I'm, I'm surprised those didn't end up on the vault. So, you know, again, out of that disc two, you know, you've got uh, some stuff that is on the Gene Simmons vault, even though it is showing as unreleased. Then you've got disc three, which for the most part are just different, you know, single edits, mono, single edits, instrumentals of mostly songs that ended up on the album. You know, there's a instrumental of Ain't None of Your Business on there and an outtake of Ain't None of Your Business on there. And then there's, you know, several versions of Beth and they've all already released this um, Beth acoustic uh, version and while the acoustic work on it is great you've got the piano still kind of at the forefront in there and you still have some orchestration in there and I to be honest with you it was kind of sensory overload <laughs> for me it was too much going on either do the acoustic version with you know maybe some orchestration um, or do the piano and orchestration version you know combining them I don't know I, I thought it was too busy and and really really difficult listen too much going on there but again there's some you know interesting stuff in there some early versions of some of these songs so again I think that uh, that should be interesting I, I noticed uh, so a couple of things I noticed King of the Nighttime World alternate mix and I thought, you know what, maybe this is from Alive 2, since that's basically a studio version of that song. Sorry, I, I had to. I had to do it. And, you know, shout out loud, alternate mix. Hopefully this isn't the Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits version, because obviously that's an alternate mix um, on that collection. And then there are a handful of versions of of uh, Do You Love Me, you know, it says early version, it says alternate mix. I hope one of these is the demo version that's out there on YouTube, because I think that is so good. solo kind of double tracked vocal during the chorus is so much better than what they ended up doing with the added harmonies so i hope that is that demo version that's floating around youtube and then disc four is again also listed as previously unreleased and it's a live show in paris may 22nd 1976 and i know this is a a bootleg that's been floating around. I actually have a cassette of this. Got it probably late 80s, um, early 90s would be would be my guess. Again, people are pretty excited about this. Track list, Deuce, Strutter, Flamin' Youth, Hotter Than Hell, Firehouse, She, Nothing to Lose, Shout It Out Loud, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Detroit Rock City, 
and rock and roll all night. So again, the album had been released. They went overseas. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff from the live tour still incorporated into this show. And then they threw in Flaming Youth, Shout Out Loud, Detroit Rock City from the new album. And again, people are really excited about this. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not. If it's the if it's the show that obviously I have on cassette, and whether or not it's you know gonna sonically, I guess, sound better, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna fix it for me. I think this show is sloppy as hell, and the guitar tones or or whatever, I I don't know. There's there's something about that I don't ever listen to it. I feel like I listened to it one time when I got it, but man, oh man. I mean, if they were going to add a, a live disc to this, I really, really, really wish they would have uh, had a different show, just an actual Destroyer tour show and not this uh, kind of Destroyer slash a live tour show. Not, uh, not looking forward to that. And then... Last but not least, they've got then this Blu-ray audio of the album, and they've got a Beth acoustic version and, and Sweet Pain with the uh, original uh, Ace Frehley guitar solo on it as well. So anyway, all in all, I think it'll be interesting. There's some, some stuff on there that I've probably not heard and would like to uh, hear some of it. And again, I'm glad they, they are doing a box set deluxe edition for an album and I'm thrilled that it's Destroyer. Now on to the Slamfest tip of the week. So as I've been doing with these real-time shows, I'm getting into the pre-gaming and the song selecting and all that fun stuff. So a couple different things here. So my drive down to the venue, again, just about an hour to get there. So I thought, hey, I'm gonna listen to Kiss <laughs> on, the way, on the way down there. But let's, uh, let's do something a little bit different. So. Decided to choose one song off of each of the studio albums, but I went from newest and went backwards all the way back to the debut album. So here are the songs that I selected during my drive. Long Way Down, Never Enough, We Are One, Rain, Thou Shalt Not, Street Giveth, Street Taketh Away, Hell or High Water, who Wants to Be Lonely, Get All You Can Take, and On the Eighth Day, Creatures of the Night, Only You, You're All That I Want, Hard Times, Christine 16, Take Me, King of the Nighttime World, Anything for My Baby, Parasite, and as I was driving into the lot, Strutter. So you'll notice I didn't choose anything off of the solo albums, uh, Side 4 of Alive 2, or Killers. I just wanted to stick to the full studio albums. That got me 20 songs and was just about perfect. So then in the parking lot, again, the rain was coming down. It was 50, you know, 54 degrees. <laughs> and so... So I just sat in my car, had a couple beverages, and listened to some songs. So I thought, hey, for this, let's uh, let's get into the Kiss Family Tree a little bit. Not listen to any Kiss songs, but listen to songs outside of Kiss by the current members and/or former members of the band. So here are the. 22 songs I listened to during the pre-gaming. So Just Can't Wait off of the Eric Carr Unfinished Business CD. Let It Go, Peter Chris, Let Me Rock You album. Insane, Fraley's Comets, Second Sighting. Hypnotized from Union's The Blue Room. The Shining off of Black Sabbath's The Eternal Idol, which Eric Singer played on. Are You Ready from the Gene Simmons Vault. White Hot Desire from Mark St. John's White Tiger. Where Angels Dare from Paul Stanley's Live to Win. Chains Around Heaven, Black and Blues, self-titled album, which Tommy Thayer was on. Heavy Pettin', Vinnie Vincent Invasions, All Systems Go album. Eyes of Love from Eric Carr's Unfinished Business. 
The Cat from Peter Chris's The Cat single. Pursuit of Rock and Roll from Ace Frehley's Spaceman album. Don't Tell Me Something from Bruce Kulick's Transformer. I Wait from the Gene Simmons Vault. Hard Driver from Badlands, self-titled album, which Eric Singer was on. Rock Warriors from Mark St. John's White Tiger. Bulletproof, Paul Stanley's Live to Win album. Without Love, the title cut from Black and Blue's second studio album. Shoot You Full of Love from Vinnie Vincent Invasion's self-titled album. Dial L for Love, so this was both. Could be from Gene Simmons' Vault or Eric Carr's Unfinished Business, and then Tangerine from Union's self-titled album that Bruce Kulick was on. And now to close this episode out with a Which Side Are You On? So going back through the randomizer on Kiss episode to do a Kiss album, and it spit out Kiss's Dynasty. Released May 23rd, 1979. Produced by Vinnie Poncia. Charted at number 9. And is certified platinum. So my background on this album, this was one of the first uh, five eight tracks that I acquired from Kiss. And I can remember... I think talking my mom into buying it for me and my excuse for wanting it and and why she should get it for me was that it had the song on it that our next door neighbor who actually happened to be one of my brother's friends his name is Will that he liked so much I said I said mom it's got that uh you know, it's got that song we've heard on the radio and that uh, Will is a big fan of. And she knew what I was talking about and was aware of the song and and ended up getting it for me. So I know this is referred to as the Disco Kiss album. You know, it's really Kiss's album from 1979 that had a disco-influenced song on it. <laughs> why, why it's called the Disco album, I don't know. It's more of a pop rock album, not as much as the uh, the next album, but still had some pop rock elements on it. But great, great production. And again, back in the day, having the A track and and not being very patient and not listening to the whole thing all the way through, I had it down to a science where I could get to. Obviously, I was made for loving you. Sure, know something. Charisma. X-Ray Eyes and Save Your Love. Those are the songs that I listened to the most. So let's get into side one. So I Was Made for Loving You, 2000 Man, Sure Know Something, and Dirty Living. So, so I Was Made for Loving You, perfect pop rock song. Granted, it's got a disco flavor to it, and it was 1979. Rod Stewart was dabbling in it, Blondie was dabbling in it, you know, there were other artists that were dabbling in the disco craze. So great intro, chugging beat there, and you've got the signature uh, ha from Paul right before it gets into the main melody of the song and the do-do-do's versus Paul harmonizing with himself in that low register is just great. Some great feedback on those chords in there as well. And then the chorus, <laughs> what can you say? Paul harmonizing with himself, it just sounds awesome. And then that breakdown before the solo, is that a triangle <laughs> that I hear in there? You know, vocally, the falsetto and all that. Again, I wish they would have put some delay on it like they did when they were performing that live in 
into kind of Paul's uh, yeah there and then those, I'm gonna call them laser blasts. And then there's another ha into the do-do-do's again and then the outro, I was made laser blast, you were made laser blast, I can't get enough laser blast, no I can't get enough laser blast. So anyway, great, great song. 2000 Man, commend Ace for his interpretation of this song from one of his favorite bands. It's totally different than the original version, and he made it his own, which is very cool. With that said, not really a fan, never really been a fan, and just doesn't get me excited when they used to do it live. I do love the harmony vocals. I'm guessing that's mostly Gene back there. Paul may be doing some of it, but harmonies are great during that song. But again, it just doesn't do anything for me. Next up, Sure Know Something, Great Groove. Again, almost a perfect pop song, and I'll explain in just a second. Great verse delivery. Paul sounds fantastic here. You know, just before the first chorus, he says that just the same and kicks in at the chorus. Paul's solo vocal during that first portion of the first chorus is better than when they insert the harmonies in there. It just is. I, again, I get it, late 70s, and, and that's what uh, people were doing, but his solo vocal there sounds so great. Wish they would have kept that throughout. Verse two, you've got some underlying oohs in there, and then you got the call and response with the just the same, and he basically is doing the call and response uh, with himself, which sounds great. The breakdown, you've got the ahs in there and some more oohs. And then there are a couple of sure no somethings without the harmonies and whether that's his double track vocal or not, I'm not sure if that's somebody else singing with him. Sounds great. And then I can remember, and I don't think it was on the eight track, but I feel like it was on the cassette when I ended up getting it. But during the outro, just, and again, it's faded out uh, too early on the CD and digital versions, but the no one can make me feel the way that you do, he's kind of singing that in a different melody, which is actually pretty cool, but I, again, I can't, uh, can't really find it. It was on the cassette version and was just a little different. I thought that was, that was pretty cool as it was fading out. And then Dirty Livin', not a fan. When I was a kid, I was really not a fan of the Peter songs on any of those original uh, 70s albums. You know, but the lead melody is cool, and you know, there's that underlying, I'm gonna call it humming, and I had never heard that before until I listened to the Pot of Thunder episode when they covered this song, and I just never noticed that that was in there. Peter sounds great on here. Lyrical content is a sad display of what he was going through at the time. The breakdown, that feedback and bass line, before the solo, very, very cool. And then there's that breakdown again later on before the outro of, of the song. And then there's that Paul, it's getting to me part, which again, nod to Pot of Thunder pointing that out again. I never had heard that before, but I thought that was a interesting twist to have him in that song. Moving on to side two. So it kicks off with charisma and hard to believe that in 1979, he did not have a song on side one, which was shocking. Actually shocking that he only had two songs on this on this album. So kind of an eerie riff, you know, kind of fits the, the demon persona there. Great vocal delivery uh, all around, great effect on his voice, great lyrics and chorus. Love the echo and the backing vocals of what is my and the underlying riff during that chorus is great. Verse two, again, another signature ha, this time from Gene in there. Very cool, some great interjections from Gene that are uh, almost comical at times during the choruses. And then he's got that random ooh during the solo, which was interesting, and another ha uh, after the solo. And then that breakdown in there, and then the outro, kind of that underlying low, Registered Gene voice is pretty cool, but again, I, I remember loving that song as a as a kid. Magic Touch, great riff. Not a fan really of this song when I was a kid. Didn't hear it a lot. Kind of an odd arrangement 
get the chorus kind of first and then followed by the verse, uh, which is kind of backwards to me. Backing vocal harmonies kind of are unnecessary. Again, I get it uh, based on the time period this was, but when it's just Paul kind of singing that stuff solo, sounds so much better. And then that breakdown part after the solo with Paul's falsetto, I just think it's so good. She's got the magic touch. Again, no, no uh, vocal harmonies on there. And again, I think that sounds so much better. But classic, classic Paul interjections as the song fades out. Hard times, great riff. Not a huge fan of Ace's raw vocal during the verse, but there's some double tracking in there, which I love. Everyday life in the city, hanging out down in the city, that those parts are great. Breakdown, I don't want to be there or even think back. I don't want to be there. Now I'm on the right track. Great stuff. Great uh, underlying music during those parts. And then a great yeah with delay right before the solo. Great, great rocker. X-Ray Eyes. Again, as a kid, when I heard the song or saw the song title, all I could think of was the ad for X-Ray Glasses in the back of comic books. Love the riff, verse, vocal delivery is good, chorus, good melody and backing vocals. Breakdown into a great short and sweet solo with some effects on that, uh, on the guitar. Very cool. And then there's kind of that odd, it's almost an odd cymbal sound twice there as the song kind of fades out. One at the 250 mark and one at the 304 mark. Not sure what that is. It sounds like a cymbal, but it's got some effects on it. And then the side and the album closes out with Save Your Love. Fantastic intro riff, drums. And then the verses are so good. Great vocal. He sounds great. A little bit of delay on, on the lyrics there uh, at the end of each of those lines. Great lyrics as well. And then right before the chorus, Baby It's Over. Delay on over. Very good. Again, it... You can hear there's some pain in his uh, vocal during this song. And I know, you know, the chorus, I know most people rip it. I think, you know, that's a great underlying savior love. Um, great riff and drums during that. And, and then you've got Ace kind of singing over the savior love part. I, I, I don't mind it. Um, verse two, you know, mess up my mind. And then it's over now, delay on now. And then a short breakdown, and then he says, so long, and you get into one of his longer, melodic, and memorable solos. Again, it's you know almost just under a minute long with the solo, just great. And then that music breakdown is really good, and then the outro, fantastic Paul interjections. Ace, girl, I don't want it. Paul, save your love. So this is hard. <laughs> this is... You know, this is probably one of my top five albums uh, from them. And, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, close to the beginning of, of my fandom when this album came out. You know, I Was Made For Loving You is one of my favorite songs of all time by the band. Um, 2000 Man, not a fan of. I Sure Know Something is great. Um, like I said, almost a perfect song. Kind of get rid of those harmonies in there, and, and I think it would be. And Dirty Living, I've grown to appreciate that song, but didn't like it early on. And then you've got Charisma, which I love. Magic Touch, I, I've grown to love as well. Hard Times, great song. X-Ray Eyes, I like that song. And then Save Your Love is one of my favorite Ace Frehley Kiss songs. So, you know, side one, I Was Made For Loving You and Sure Know Something are, are great. The other two songs, not so great. So again, if I'm talking about the whole side and trying not to wait one song more than the other, I think I gotta go with side two over side one of Kiss's 1979 album, Dynasty. 
Has anyone seen KISS live in concert in 2021? If so, when and where, and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your thoughts on the set list? Are there some actual hits missing that you would like to see played live? What are your thoughts on the recently announced Destroyer 45th Anniversary Super Deluxe Edition? Did you order that or any of the other packages? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on KISS's seventh studio album, Dynasty, from 1979? Side one for side two. Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you,